Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Good morning. This is Drummond Robinson. And uh, today, as uh, part of Redeeming Hope, I want to speak to you about a word that God has had on my heart for some time. And that word is the word familiar. And I just felt God saying to me a while ago, as we have changed our whole life all around the world, we've become familiar with some things. And, uh, and, and, and it's influenced our lives, sometimes in the right way and sometimes in the wrong way. Well, to be familiar with something... Um, it's something that is commonly or generally known to us. We are familiar with it. It's commonly or generally known to us. We're well acquainted with it. And the Bible says we're thoroughly conversant with it. To be familiar with can also mean to be closely intimate or personal, to know well. When we're familiar with something, we totally accept it. And um, we allow it to influence our lives and our choices. Now, you know, we see this in some things like the food we eat. You know, Linda and I have traveled around the world to many different places, many different communities. And um, it's always um, something that we have to adjust to is the, the culture of the place that we are going to because they, they do things in different ways and they certainly eat things in, in different ways. And one of the places we went to, they made this huge, huge pot of, of stew and... Um, and we were the, we being the guests. We invited to have the first the first choice. And the first choice, what we what I saw floating in this huge huge pot of stew, the, in in, the, in all this gravy and the juice, which looked very nice, but I saw these white balls floating around, and I thought, well, they're potatoes. And uh, but to be then told, no, no, these this white ball is a huge huge lump of fat, and it's given to the guest of honor. Well. Can you imagine? Um, I got, uh, you know, I just had to try and find my way out of that because there's no ways I wanted to insult them and there's no ways, uh, but I was no ways that I could possibly eat a huge, huge ball of fat. But for fat, but for them, it was it was common. For them, they were familiar with it. Some people eat eyes of animals and eyes of fish and some people eat tripe, the innards inside <laughs> elements of, a, of an animal. But it's not something I'm certainly familiar with and we've had to uh, adjust to that. I remember also, you know, some but before COVID started, you know, seeing some Chinese people, we were flying somewhere and they were all wearing these white masks and looked very, very happy. And Lynn and I actually commented to one another and said, look at these people. They, they've totally adjusted to their masks. The country that they come from, maybe the town they come from has got a lot of um, smog or whatever it is, and they just live with masks on. How can we possibly live with masks on, not knowing that a month or two later, we would all be mandated to live with masks on and we had to become familiar with it. But so in, in some sense, it can be a good thing. But in other areas, to be familiar with is to, is to allow that familiarity to direct and even control our thoughts, our minds and our behavior. So, for instance, we can become familiar with a certain type of thinking and then behavior like irritability. We just become familiar. We allow things to irritate us and we become irritable. And we even become familiar with rudeness. You know, the way we speak to people um, and our abruptness with people. 
that is just a familiar spirit. It's just a familiar way of life that we think is acceptable um, because I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of person. You know, I'm not very patient. People define themselves and saying, I'm not a very patient person. So that means I'm familiar with this way of, 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 um, of, of, of behavior. So I can be rude. I can be irritable. I, you know, often I, Linda and I, we turn on the TV and try and watch a film. We are so uh, taken by how much um, verbal um, profanity there is um, on, on, on the media today. You know, cursing, using the, the word of Jesus Christ in vain and things like that. So we can become familiar with that kind of conduct. We give then permission to um, um, involving ourselves in that kind of conduct, whether it's words or thoughts or actions, without the fear of consequence. And this is the thing. You see, when something becomes so familiar with us, <clears throat> to us, we can do it without the fear of consequence. And so, in fact, the Bible calls us that we're so familiar with sin that we desensitize ourselves to sin. It's no longer sin. It's just in a familiar way of life, and we desensitize ourselves. Even abuse, my right to hit somebody, you know, um, or my right to, 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 to uh, deal with somebody in a, in, a, in a very harsh way is my cultural right. Um, and we've seen many examples of this as we've traveled around. So we don't talk about drugs and alcohol now as something that is anti, you know, the abuse of it that is anti-God um, and godly way of lifestyle. You know, people will overindulge in drugs and alcohol and they just say, it's just a party. We're just having fun. And they become familiar with the fact that when you go out and you have party and you're with friends, you can in indulge yourself and overindulge yourself with, with alcohol. And But there are many other things. For instance, you know, we call gossip, talking negatively about somebody else as, as sharing. <laughs> you know, it's not gossip, it's sharing. Because gossip, the Bible tells us, is one of the main things that, um, you know, hurt the, the heart of the Father. Seven things, it says, that are an abomination to God. And, and gossiping is one of them. We don't steal anymore. People are just corrupt. So we don't look at business leaders or politicians and say they, they are stealing. We call it corruption. You know, couples um, who live together, it's, they're not living in sin. The Bible calls it living in sin. But we just say, no, people are living together. It sounds much um, softer, much more gentle. It's a familiar token that's become. I mean, you know, 50, 60 years ago, we know <clears throat> if you live together, you're living in sin. And today it's everybody's right to live together. And so even adultery, we don't call it adultery, we call it having an affair. And pornography is free entertainment. In fact, everything comes under this term, freedom of choice. And freedom of choice then covers all sin and we become familiar with it. But Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. It says avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. But when you turn on the, a movie and turn on the thing and see what's happening, it's just corrupt speech from the beginning to the end. It says look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Make out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Why? Because Romans 6, 15 says, you see, God's grace has set us free from the law 
Does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Whatever you choose to allow into your life on a regular basis, you become a slave to that. You, can be, you become a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteousness. And Second Timothy says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. See, the Bible says that basically every promise in the Bible regarding the blessing of God or the warning of the judgment of God is rooted in us either walking in the fear of God or not. And what I've realized is that familiarity with sin, with, with behavior that is, that is not conducive to the word of God, familiarity basically leads to fearlessness of God. In other words, there is no fear of God. Now, even Adam and Eve, that's, that's the whole thing that Satan came and tempted them. He said, did God really say, you know, God doesn't want you to become as powerful as he is. He doesn't want you to become like him. So he said, you know, the, the temptation was all about familiarizing ourselves with God and, and equalizing ourselves to God. And then there is no fear of God. And then they could go ahead and disobey God. So, you know, over the last few years, we've become familiar with COVID and all the consequences of that. There's been huge loss, loss of finance, loss of jobs, loss, loss of loved ones, loss of security and friends. You know, we've had to become familiar with isolation. We've had to become familiar with new routines, like not going to work, you know, children not going to school and everybody in the home all day, every day. And, um, and even church at home, you know, not going to church because we're not allowed to gather together to worship the Lord. But this has resulted in certain things. It's resulted in hopelessness, loneliness. Um, it's resulted in fear, in anger, rejection, re resentment and blame. And that's the, the effect of it. You know, and, and, and basically the world system is saying to us, become familiar with this way of life. And it's, and it's totally contrary of what it's resulting in, in our hearts and in our minds. You know, and, and, and the question is here, then where is our God-given peace? Where is our God-given joy? God-given contentment, hope and expectation? Where is our confidence in our health, in jobs, in relationship and even in God's presence. You know, Job 3.23 says, what I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest. Only trouble comes my way. And that's such a tragic thing that Job expressed there as he had, as his whole life completely turned upside down and he was living and trying to become familiar with this new lifestyle. Well, there's a very classic example in the Bible of um, familiarity and fear. And it comes from 1 Samuel chapter 17, where uh, the Israelites, and led by Saul, were, in, were, were facing the, Philist the Philistines. And uh, their, their giant, their champion, um, was, was, was challenging them and, and, and cursing their gods and saying, "Who you know, if you come out and kill me, we'll serve you. But if I kill you, you'll serve us. 
But the thing is, it says there in 1 Samuel 17, 16, for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion Goliath strutted in front of the Israelite army, making these remarks about them and about their God that they could not trust. For 40 days, you know, after 40 days, you become so familiar and they'd become so familiar with certain things, you know. And it says, it carries on in verse 24 and 25, as soon as the Israelite army saw Goliath coming, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant, the men asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. They'd become familiar with what they saw, familiar with their weakness, familiar with their lack of ability, and they'd become familiar with their fear. And that's the issue that I believe is you know, the thing that then controls us and that God wants to set us free from. But here comes David, and he's a shepherd boy, looking after the sheep and bringing their lunch. But you see, David was familiar with the greatness and faithfulness of God. The Israelites and Saul were not, but David was. It says in 1 Samuel 17, 37, then 45 to 46, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, he says, go ahead and may the Lord be with you. You know, he had no confidence that David would win. He thought David's going to die. And David says to the Philistines, you come to me with a sword, spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And sometimes I think that familiarity and acceptance of certain conditions and certain things that influence our lives defile God in our lives. Today, David says, the Lord will conquer you. I will cut off your head and um, we will defeat you. Now, here's the thing that I felt with this familiarity, what, has, what God is saying to me. Whatever we magnify, whatever we magnify in our thoughts, in our actions, in our lives, we allow to influence and rule over us. Whatever we magnify in our lives, we allow to influence our lives and then eventually to rule over our lives. And we see that with the Israelites. And they magnified how big Goliath was, the giant was. They magnified, you know, the fear in their lives. And so it's the same as when we desensitize sin. We magnify, magnify the, the pursuit of pleasure. We magnify our own importance. We magnify our own self-centeredness. And it begins to rule over our lives. There's a story here in John 4 about the woman that Jesus met at the well. You know, she came to the well to drink, to draw water with her bucket. And, um, and Jesus was sitting there. The disciples had gone into the town to buy some food. The woman came to the bucket and you can hear through the conversation, you know, that she was familiar with loss. In fact, Jesus eventually says to her, you know, the man you're living, you've had five husbands and the man you're living with now is not your husband. So this woman had encountered much pain. She was familiar with pain, loss, and hopelessness. And she, you can hear it in the words she says to Jesus, you can't draw water from this well. You know, the well's so deep, you haven't got a bucket. You know, everything is going wrong. And um, then he's, Jesus says to her, but the water I give you 
will be the water of life and you'll never thirst again. And then she says, please give me this water so that I can never thirst again. She thought he was talking about natural water, but she's desperate for a way out. And then Jesus says these words to us. He says, you worship what you do not know. You worship what you do not know. And I think sometimes in our lives, we worship what we have chosen to allow to rule over our lives. You know, our choices, our attitudes, our behavior. And we worship that lifestyle. But Jesus says, you worship what you do not know. He says, but we worship what we do know, the God of salvation. And basically, then Jesus introduces her to the whole river of the water of life that can flow through her. And he says to her, now, choose a bucket mentality or choose the river mentality. You know, a, a river flowing with the Holy Spirit, with the, with the mercy of God, the love of God, the provision of God, the joy, the peace of God. You know, and I feel in our lives we've become, we've become familiar with the bucket mentality. Just going to the well, drawing some well, it's hard work. It's, you know, every single day, it's the same thing, taking out the bucket. It's not enough. It's never enough. It's never enough in our finances, never enough in our emotions. It's never enough in our friendships. It's never enough anywhere in life. But it's a bucket mentality. But we've become familiar with the bucket mentality. But Jesus says, come to me and drink. If anybody comes to me and drink, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. We've got to change from a bucket mentality, familiarity with lack and fear and move to river mentality. He was speaking about the Holy Spirit that's been given to us, that's been given to us to bring us into the fullness of life. Faith, river faith. It's time to have a river faith, a river mentality. Don't settle for the familiar necessarily. Don't settle for the mundane, the same old thing, the easy way out. Balance the familiar with what you're doing and what you're familiar with. Balance that with the fear of God and then make choices led by the Spirit of God. So that's my message, you know, that I felt God saying to me today, Drummond, don't just accept the, the familiar. Some things that are familiar to us are good, you know, but many things that we are just beginning to do, the way we think, the words we issue, we uttering, you know, are just coming out of our natural familiarity, but not necessarily, you know, directed by God. And that which we magnify, we will allow to influence and rule over our lives. And I'm challenging you today to, to check everything that you're just doing because of it's familiar or that's your culture said that you must do it or um, whatever it is. Uh, check that out in your heart. And, and measure it against the Word of God and the Spirit of God, because God wants to take it from a take you from a bucket mentality to a river of life mentality. So be blessed, you and your families. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would release the river of life in and through these people's lives, into their families, Lord, into their job situation, their financial situations, Father, because you've come that we might have life. And have life in abundance in every area. I pray for people that they would come back into that place of peace, joy, hope, and, um, and fulfillment in their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul.
Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?